Welcome, friends, to the Freedom Cast. You are not the crazy one. Not quite a podcast, but rather a kick of confidence to pursue real freedom in your life and not the false manufactured freedom of this world. My name is Jody Meschuk, and I am super excited that you are here and a part of a community of sovereign human beings. Listen, if you've been called crazy, you are not alone because I've been called crazy for 13 years talking about truth. We are going to dive deep into some controversial things. Not sure why they're called controversial when they're truth, but we're going to dig deep into them. Some hard things we're going to talk about some things that might step on some toes, and you can take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind, kind of like a buffet. My goal is just for you to feel less crazy because you're not. Truth is not subjective, but people are. Even though you know, hmm, others still don't. Where the everyday mama meets uncompromised truth and where your small apprehensive no becomes a strong and resounding hell no. Let's get into it. All right, guys, thank you for coming on back to the Freedom Cast here. Um, I have a very, very special guest today. Uh, I'm so excited and it worked out. We had some emails going back and forth and Jody forgot to hit send on an email, which is very (laughs) typical, but that's okay because we're here. Um, My dear friend, Jen Miller, just a little bit of background. We met, we both met through the natural lifestyle, essential oils, just holistic, holistic things. And, um, I, I don't know, I really feel like you're one of those people that is just like the perfect example of how, when we are exploring things in our life, when we're doing things that we're passionate about and we're meeting people in those same arenas, like that's how I met you. And yeah. you just such a blessing in my life and so many others Um, Oh my gosh. gosh. Just like, we just never know when we're going to meet people. And I know that a lot of times recently too, with, with the times that we're in is I'm encouraging a lot of people to go to places that have like-minded humans, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like why are we putting ourselves in positions where we're going to just automatically get yelled at by people? So go find like-minded humans, which is really where I feel like we met. And um, I just want you to know how much that you have been a blessing in my life and watching you do what you're passionate about, which is birthing humans (laughs) in natural ways, right? So so how about if you want to maybe share kind of what your background is, what you're passionate about doing and how you got into that arena and we'll, we'll, we'll start there. Yeah. I haven't really thought about this in a while. This is good. It's forcing me to like go back. Um, so I have four children and I did a home birth right from the start. I was pretty young when I got pregnant and I didn't really know anybody else around me. I lived in San Francisco, like away from where I grew up, newly married. And so um, I had one friend who is like one of the biggest midwives in Orange County right now, um, who had had a baby and had a traumatic hospital birth and was just getting into midwifery school. And so she had messaged me saying like, Hey, have you considered like a home birth? And I knew right away in my gut that that was like a no brain. I was like, that makes so much sense. Like I, I don't know anything about this, but I'm open. My husband on the other hand was like, absolutely not. You like, that is insanity. What do you mean? He had, you know, 
all the typical questions that everybody has. Sounds like my first, husband. <laughs> yes. When they first hear about homework, like, oh my gosh, what if this happens? And blah, 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 all the, all the questions. And so she was like, just be open to, you know, taking in research, reach. She sent us certain statistics and things and just meet with it, meet with people and just see what your options are. So we agreed that we would meet with a doctor in a hospital and then also like interview a couple of midwives and that we would just kind of intuitively know what was best for us. So I don't even think we made it to the doctor. <laughs> um, we did go eventually, but we went and met with our first midwife and it was just so incredibly clear. Like, I don't know, God just made it so clear that that was what we needed to do. And there was so much peace. And my husband kind of had his list of questions for the midwife, which of course she gets them all the time, you know? And I think what really sold him where he was like, you know what? Technology is an amazing thing when we need it. Like, thank God for hospitals and drugs and all these things when we need it. But a lot of the times we don't need it. And so we're going to be basically looking for red flags. We are preventative care. And as if we don't need it and your wife doesn't need it because birth is not this huge sickness or liability or any of these things, the way that we treat it, um, then we're just going to do, let her do her thing. Right. But if we need it, it's down the road. So initially it was like, we found a doctor who was, you know, closest to us. They had my chart. So if an emergency happened, we could like transfer. And so that like made us feel really safe at the beginning when we were first doing this, like we had everything kind of lined up, but when it came down to it, I mean, it didn't cross our minds when I was actually in labor. And then, you know, all the kids after that, it just progressively got more unassisted, I would say. Um, but yeah, so I think that that really opened up my eyes. And then when I had my second baby, I decided to go get my doula certification through Dona hmm. down in San Diego. I lived in San Francisco still. And I think that was just because I knew I just wanted people to know they had options and there was another way. So I went and did that, but I kept having more babies. So it was kind of off and on that I started working with people because babies and being gone for births, you know, don't really mix very well, but, um, I would end up helping like families and friends. And I would say the last three years, um, I've been working pretty full time with it. And then since COVID it's just like blown up even more because I think people's eyes are open to wanting other options, being, you know, afraid of hospitals and all the different things, you know, husbands not being able to be allowed in all the stuff that goes with hospitals right now. Um, people have been desperate for doulas. So I feel like people are vulnerable and open and ready to learn, which is a beautiful thing. So that's I love kind of that. Yeah. So what just really quick for people to help them understand, especially if they're embarking on considering something that I like to say is out of the system, right? Let's be out of the system as much as possible. Because yeah. As human beings, God created us to thrive, not just survive in a system. So um, right. what is the difference between what a doula can do and what a midwife? Okay, so very, very different. So a midwife is a doctor. They're considered, they can't do a surgery, so they can't do a C-section, but they have to go through six or seven years of schooling. They have to take this crazy test. Um, they have all the liability that a doctor would have, like insurance wise, all those things, all that training. Um, a doula doesn't have any of that. A doula can't make any like medical interventions for someone. They can just give suggestions and be an advocate to protect the mother and you know father of the child. Um, so really like in a hospital setting, a doula would be someone that is just slowing down time. Cause a lot of times in hospitals, you can feel very like 
bullied, put in a corner, like you don't have any options and everything's just going like, so let's fast. Let's get this baby out. Let's give you all the drugs. Oh yeah. Here's all the paperwork requiring labor. Like let's talk back. See all the different, they, they throw so much information because it is very much a system. It is very much a business. It can be overwhelming. It's like, if you didn't do your research, you would just be like, okay, sure. Sign your life and your baby away. Like, you know, and so the doula is there that kind of preps you for that. I can't say, oh, they don't want this for you, but I can let them know that they have options and I can help them basically be empowered to make better decisions, you know, in those situations. And then for a home birth, you're just assisting the mom and even the dad, right? Like there's all kinds of different positions you can do because obviously if you're doing it at home, you're doing it naturally. So you're dealing with pain management. There's a lot of like emotions and things that can come up you know, during that time. And so you're just there making that mother feel safe and making sure that she's getting the birth that she wants. Yeah. Now we were kind of chatting before we started this about just like, just that system of the hospital. And I know for me personally, if I could go back and do it differently with my first, of course I would. I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm alone in that. There's so many, no, you're not. There's so many moms I'm talking to on a daily basis, even obviously through what's been happening the last 18 months with masks and now children being alive, human experiment with this shot. That's not a vaccine. Um, is there's just, there's all this, there's a lot of guilt, right? There's a lot of guilt too, in terms of, oh gosh, why, um, why could, why didn't I choose something different? Why didn't I know? I wish, I wish I would have done something different. And I have those feelings too. You know, I think of my first, I think of my first son and it felt very much like being a part of a business. You know, you go in for these rote checkpoints, right? Ultrasound at this time, uh, more ultrasounds, genetic testing, blood tests, whatever they want to throw at you, the orange, yucky, sugary drink, all the things. Then you go to the hospital and you're almost pressured into getting a C-section because it's easier. And yeah. it's, it's like the new, I don't even want to say it's the newest thing now because it's been around, I think for yeah. the last, especially 10 years is really a big push on women to get unnecessary C-sections. But then oh, yeah, those statistics are insane. Yeah. yeah. So just long story short is I, of course, am one of those people that would look back and go, man, I wish I would have had the courage to say, no, I want to have my baby at home the way that mothers have been doing for centuries. So yeah. how, how, what are you seeing? I guess my first part of that question would be, what are you seeing right now in the turn of women questioning? women wanting to do something different and what are the the major blocks to not wanting to maybe do a home birth or have a birthing center versus a hospital setting so maybe we'll start there because i think unpacking that emotional piece of it is really important for us women because again we get very sucked into well what if something happens or i'm going to be safer in a hospital and that's actually you're not safer in a hospital No, people think uh, home birth is like barbaric or something like there's just, it is not at all. But I think um, the biggest block I think is fear, like social conditioning, right? Which is mind blowing. Cause like you said, women have been doing this for centuries. It hasn't even been a hundred years that women have been birthing in hospitals. 
Okay. So that was very eye-opening to me, like just digging a little bit, being like, okay, this isn't as like radical as maybe the culture is making me feel. Um, so I think because as of late, the last couple of years, a lot of people's eyes are opening and just questioning. Right. And I think people realize quickly in a hospital setting that so much is about liability. Right. It's literally about how they can make sure they don't get sued. So let me throw every single test at you and every little thing, like, cause they're looking at you as you're, as if you're going to sue them and your liability and they're protecting themselves yeah. with a midwife. It's a very, very different, um, mindset because they don't think in the, those way. They don't look through that perspective. And so, um, I think people get stuck on again, just like the fear, like maybe they don't believe they can do a natural childbirth. And they're like, I need to know that an epidural is like right there when I need it. And that's a big one. Um, and two, like people are like, what if the cords wrapped around the neck? You know, like that's a big one that people, that, that was, I'll be very honest with you as a first time mom. Yeah. You are in such fear that something's going to happen for your child. Right. And I think, I feel like that's the root of not just this topic we're talking about, but it's like literally stepping into your power for everything, like fighting for your child's not wear a mask. Fighting, you know, like yeah. act like no, I don't want those nine vaccines. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, is is a fear. It's a fear yeah. of. But I have been told my child could die if the cords wrapped around the neck, and that I could be a negligent parent. Right? Like that is irresponsible for you to put a baby at risk, and that's what people think is that it's such a risk if you do this without having a surgeon next to you. You know, um, right. And there are certain criterias for a home birth, right? Like they won't just let anybody have a home birth. If there's certain red flags, which they're looking for their entire care with you, which is extremely hands-on, they're spending at least an hour with you every time you see them. Who can say that about a doctor, right? They come in the last bit, 15 minutes, da -da -da -da, do the whole thing. It's very hands-on. They're getting to know you, your body. They're, they're checking your blood work. They're doing all the similar things, right? They're testing your glucose, but not in that way. It doesn't need to be that nasty drink. There are other options. Um, Imagine still, that. There's other options. Yeah, they're still doing all the things. And if you don't fit in that criteria, they're going to transfer you to a hospital. But the right. midwife will still come in and assist you in the hospital if you want to, you know, like they're there to support you. Um, so it's not just like a, it's not as crazy and undefined as I guess people think. Um, it, they do have a system. And then, I don't know, what else was I gonna say about, oh, the cord being wrapped around the neck. Um, we had that question to our midwife and she was like, well, I just go in and I go like this and I move the cord so it's not around their neck anymore. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, most babies are born with the cord around their neck. Most of them are, it's not a medical emergency. Why doctors are not trained to be able to just go like this, like a midwife will do, cause they're, you know, very hands-on yeah. and doctors are not, she's like, it's not a medical emergency. It happens all the time. You just move it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. great. And now I see it all the time. I don't see it in hospitals, you know, unless it's a birthing center with a midwife. They're very much trained for that. I don't know why doctors are not. I mean, there's- Well, and here's what's interesting about that too, is you look at like the very simplicity of, yes, I just grab the cord and pull it back over yeah. where it's supposed to be. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you look at the hospital setting in general, 
in terms of the actual underlying risks that are happening all the time without people realizing their risks. You know, I think of my story of uh, with my first son of being strep B positive and getting all those antibiotics, which had a dramatic underlying effect on his health and contributed greatly to his gut failure. And then yeah. obviously the vaccines and it, it was like the, like perfect, the perfect storm. storm. Yeah. But we are in a society where those are considered like normal and common type things. And so we don't question them versus questioning, well, wait a minute, what could those antibiotics do? Or what could the Pitocin do? Or what could the epidural do? Or what could the Hep B do? Or what could the, you know, eye gel do all these things, right? That they could be underlying very dangerous to the newborn versus like, Again, you look at just the, the stark difference in I'm so afraid of the cord being wrapped around the neck versus what about all these other things? Right. I mean, we do it with like medication that we give our kids, right? We're afraid of essential oil, but not of like hot pink Tylenol. It's, right. it's insane the way that we're trained, but that's one of the biggest things that I see um, in hospitals is they give you this risk if you don't do that, but they don't give you the risk for doing it. And so I have had patients ask, like even specifically with an epidural, which there can come a point where a woman is suffering and I'm all about an epidural, right? There's a time and place, thank God for pain medicine in certain situations, but we really are made to do it without it. They will treat you like you are a liability for not getting an epidural because they are on their toes, especially if you're having twins. I've seen this where it is like this thing where they come and they say, here's the risk. Here's why you're not being a good parent for not doing all these things. Here's all the things that can go wrong, but they won't ever say all the things that can go wrong from an actual epidural because there is a long, long list of risks as well, but it's, it's very one-sided with everything. So if you can even just think in that way, like, oh, well, what's the risk on the other end? That really starts a different conversation with your care provider. If you're in a hospital, I highly recommend doing that because there's risks all around, even with antibiotics, you know, and you don't have to get antibiotics for strep B. There's also another, what, you know, there's other things that you can do to prepare oh, for that. I, I, stuck some probi- I stuck some probiotics up my vagina and it took yeah. care. Yeah. So <laughs> that, was, that was with Adeline. Um, yeah. So let's talk really quick um, because I think this is probably a big question that a lot of you know, maybe even first time moms can have because you are really pulled into that fear that medicine wants you to sit in because that's how they can control us is if they are going to have a hospital birth. Yes. Um, as you've mentioned, one option could be that they have a midwife or a doula yes. and yes. be advocate, right? Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about the, the broad spectrum of options that women have at their fingertips that they don't even know that they can do first yes. in a hospital setting? Let's talk about that. Um, yeah. So there's plenty of reasons to choose a hospital. One of them is insurance, right? Home births can feel expensive to people. So I deal with that a lot where I'm like, okay, let's make this hospital environment as good as it can be. Right. There are way more birthing centers now that are attached to hospitals. So look into that. And there are usually, um, midwives on staff that are just trained differently. Right. And so, those would be my biggest ones. And if you don't have that, then you absolutely should get a doula because <laughs> there's so much to learn, right? And there's so, we forget 
so easily that we have choices and that hospitals are there to serve us. They're not, we're not there entering them for them to just like bully and rule us and tell us exactly what we need to do. So if you have that mindset, they will respect you. You don't have to be mean. That's what's so beautiful about um, being a doula too, is that I have a lot of hospitals that I work with that actually like me because guess what? I can be nice. I can say things and my patients can say things in a very nice direct way that isn't making them all of a sudden like we're this big threat. It did feel like that a while ago, but I feel like it's slowly getting better. And so that's why you need to find a really good doula that can be calm and gentle, but direct, right? And teach you to be the same way. You know, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I think there's a lot of um, middle ground that can happen too. Like I totally understand there might be outside factors of why somebody would not choose to, act, to have an actual home birth in their, right. in their bed at home or in a water pool. Right. Um, and some of it can be spouse too. So uh, this Absolutely. actually, this comes up a lot and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure Josh, your husband would have some insight on this too firsthand, but this comes up a lot in the vaccine conversation, which is, well, my spouse vehemently believes in vaccines or my spouse just will not read this or do this or look at this or listen to me. And to be honest with you, this can be a huge strain on a marriage. A huge I see this all the time. So how, how would you recommend navigating if the spouses don't agree or see eye to eye with how to, how, how you might want to have a, a birth. Right. Um, it's really difficult. They have to get on the same page. That's like personal inner work that they have to do um, to where there has to be a compromise. Right. And I think that a lot of times birthing centers are a compromise because mostly those women who have it in a birthing center want a home birth, but they're doing it because of their spouse. And it, there's more um, freedom in a birthing center part of a hospital or through a midwife to one of them is that you're not hooked up to the fetal monitoring every second. And then if something drops, it's like, everyone's coming in the room and it's this whole charade. It's at least like they come in with a Doppler every 30 minutes, they check, um, the midwife's there and around. She's not just coming in when the baby's crowning to catch the baby and that's it. Um, and so I think that just finding that, that compromise and just begging your spouse to read the research some of it you know like the ones that refuse are really hard because a lot of times they're in the medical field like I see a lot of firefighters or like ambulance and people who have had that training where they're like adamant about like no way as if they've seen too many horror stories or at least heard about it in their training you know um but I think like watching the movie, The Business of Being Born, that's an easy one. You don't have to read it. You could actually watch the documentary. There's two of them. Um, reading a couple books too. Um, there's definitely, you just have to tread lightly and get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I've noticed even for us um, having that conversation, you know, continually little by little, um, yeah. even, even my husband has, has changed from where he was when we first when we first started considering having kids, you know, and specifically oh. say in the vaccine conversation, but yeah, yeah definitely. the vaccine one's really, really tough because it doesn't feel like a good compromise. Like what's the compromise? Oh, we'll just give them three instead of nine at the beginning, you know, like that's, that's so hard. You, yeah. 
I don't know. I just, in those moments, I just pray that like intuition takes over when that father who's resistant meets that child. You know, I see that happen a lot is they're very resistant. And then they have this perfect baby in their arms. and They're like, okay, like I get it. You know, like I don't do all home birth (laughs) or or we won't vaccinate, you know, at least right away. I mean, that the biggest one, I guess that I would recommend if you're not on the same page at birth is delaying it. Right. I mean, that is like number one, any client I've ever worked with, they've always delayed it. Right. And then you have months and months to process and you're not throwing your baby into daycare. Like the baby's going to be at home with you. Everything's going to be fine. Just take some time to think about it. And that's really where the journey begins. I feel like is after the baby arrives, you know, if you're not on the same page while you're pregnant, don't be super discouraged because you still have time to make that decision. So I've been thinking a lot about just in general, how the world has lost its way. in many, many areas, just a little bit. But the thing is, is though this, this is nothing new really in terms of this overall topic of like, we have, we have lost our way as a culture and a society, because really it's a big, it's just coming down to a separation from God and his word. Um, But when you look specifically at this, at this, you know, giving birth to a, 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 another human being, and, you know, just the beautiful act that that is that God has designed for women, I, I wonder like what your, how, how would you encourage someone, a mom, a, a woman, or, you know, soon to be mom, or, or maybe it's also that like description of how beautiful it really is to root into your power of, yeah. of, of giving up, having a birth naturally or yeah. having, having that serene environment, let's say of in your home. Um, like, how would you how would you describe that to somebody? Oh my gosh, I'm going to do that without crying, hopefully. Um, I, we cry all the time. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is probably one of the most spiritual things, tangibly spiritual things I've ever done as my in my life. And as a woman, it is such an honor. And I think my husband would probably feel the same way as like, there's something so special about being a woman because we get to experience this. It is set apart and extremely different. Um, I've never felt so like intimate and close to God because I've never needed God so much, right? When we're desperate, we cling. There's nothing that's gonna test you more than childbirth. It's not easy for anybody, right? Like even if you have the perfect birth that goes smooth and it's not too long, like it's still deep, hard work that you are intuitively made to do you, I mean, even my fourth one, you would think it'd get easier because it's like, Oh, I know I'll survive. Like I've done it. The pain's not that bad or whatever. It's like, you go into it knowing like the work that you have to do to get through it. And there's this unbelievable reward at the end and just all the natural, um, hormones that take over that natural high, like it's worth every bit of the struggle. And it's like this perfect, um, I would say like metaphor to life, right? Like you think about Jesus, the cross, all of that stuff. Like it is, it is just a beautiful, um, I don't even know what the right word is to describe. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. Like time slows down and there's something that happens when you go into labor 
like you might have all kinds of anxiety leading up to it. I tell my clients this all the time. You'll wake up in the middle of the night because you got to pee and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I have to do this again. Even me doing it multiple times, it's like, Whoa, you know? And then the second I go into labor, there's like this blanket of peace, this like power that comes over you as a woman where you are just determined. Like you are just going forward and you're getting through it. And then when you don't intervene with, all the you know drugs and interventions and things that they can do to speed labor up or take the pain away or whatever. Um, there's like a buildup, right? It's not like all of a sudden you go from zero to hundred. You're in so much pain you can't manage it, right? It's this like beautiful progression. God yeah. designed it. We're protected. Our hormones start kicking in, and you're just in your body. It's super primal. You can't even it, you can't even like explain it while you're in it. But you survive. It's not like a pain that's gonna like kill you, you know? And then you opt and do it again. <laughs> and then you do it again. That's why I left because it's like only women would do. Yeah. If, they, if men had to do this, there'd be no children. There would be no humanity. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Except uh, for unless you're Josh. Josh would do it. He's like, and <laughs> there are husbands like that. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and it's, you know, I bring up that question because that really leads into, don't you feel like what has happened in terms of making pregnancy a business now and right. birth a business that it has actually harmed culture, harmed women in our like primal nature and what we've rooted and connected. Like, like what's your thoughts on that? Like, it's almost like it has completely robbed women of what yeah, they squashed do. us. It's squashed our spirit and our purpose and our role as a mother and a wife in so many ways. I mean, think about it. If you're numbing your way through the process, it's really easy to kind of numb your way through motherhood too, you mm -hmm. know? That's um, it's very easy. And yeah. so you go through it and it's real and hard right from the beginning. It's just the beginning. It gives you this like internal strength because being a mother is really, really hard. Once you do it, you're like, oh, the birth is like the easy part. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I remember my midwife telling me like, oh, this is just teaching you to be a mother. And I was like, it is like, you just think the mothering part is going to be, you know, easy. And so it's just a part of God's design to mm -hmm. be able to do it. It just, it, it gives you a different perspective yeah. and that is very, um, squash, I would say in our culture these days. I mean, clearly in many, many ways, women aren't living into who they're made to be and their actual power. They're chasing a false power, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you brought that up. Um, okay. I just thought of this, which is, I'm going to put you on the spot, but I know that you have like a gazillion stories because you've done a gazillion assisted <laughs> births and all that stuff. So can you think of like, somebody who you were working with or, or, you know, labor experience where, I don't know, maybe, maybe like they taught you something or, or there was a light bulb moment, or there was just, just this transition of this woman grabbing onto her power. I don't know, a memorable experience that you have had that you'll never forget. Oh my gosh. Um, it's actually very, very similar I feel like there's something that unites all women together. 
there's something similar that I see in almost every single woman who births naturally. And so if anything, I think there's this like moment or reminder that we're all the same and we're all connected. That's why it's so powerful when women are around women in these types of situations. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm trying to, you are putting me on the spot. I'm <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like your own birth. My own births keep coming to mind. Um, well, that's okay. Sure. Yes. Because yeah. I, think, I think just visually and, you know, we, we learn so much through story, right? right? And story is what actually allows us to go, yes, I can do this. Yes. Yeah. Right. Or you're right. I'm going to, and you learn something new and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to go this way instead because of someone's story. So right. yeah, share your birthing oh. story. Okay, go for it, Josh. <laughs> He's like in the in the room. Um, okay, I'll give a story, and it's not a perfect story. Um, my third one, we decided to do unassisted, so we didn't have a midwife. Um, we lived in an area where the closest midwife was like an hour away. We didn't feel like super comfortable, and I just felt like it was this thing that I was supposed to do with just my husband. Right. Mm -hmm. And we both had felt that way. We felt crazy. We didn't ever talk about it. It was like a little secret, like on paper, we had a midwife and everything was all normal, but, um, we just kept praying about it and just felt this peace. And I remember running into a woman in whole foods, cause I was preparing certain things afterwards. Like if I hemorrhaged or, you know, certain things preparing for the worst, because we were going to be alone, even though there was a hospital close by. So it wasn't like I was like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, there was a woman there who helped us and she had had 10 children at home unassisted. Her husband delivered all of them and they were- Like an angel was brought to yes. you. And she was like, here, you need this, this. She gave me these different homeopathics and all these things I would need in case this happened. And she was just so encouraging. You know how God is good in that way. He gives you the people that you need when you're seeking it. Um, so we took that as like abs absolute, oops, um, sorry, absolute affirmation. So then when it came down to it, everything went really, really well. The birth was just as it would. And no one had to tell me when to push or when to do anything. I just, you just intuitively know your body is intelligent. Um, what? Avoided it a little bit. Well, I always avoid pushing. Every <laughs> I, I, need a, I need a pep talk usually every time where Josh is like, you can start pushing. Like, you know, it's okay, but it's like this weird, you know, you know, it's like the beginning of the end or, you know, it's intense. Um, but he ended up being a really big baby. He, I had read a lot of books about like not tearing. That was my biggest one. Cause I was like, I don't want to have to get stitches. Obviously I can't give myself stitches. So I want to make sure that like, that isn't a thing. I didn't have an issue with my first ones, but I, I wanted to make sure with this one. And so we had read a lot of books on how the baby comes out and how midwives used to pull babies out and what they do to not tear. Like who knew that there's a system for everything because women have been doing it forever and there weren't stitches and episiotomies and all the things. So we had read all the books. So then baby's head comes out and boom, stuck like shoulders. This is a 10.2 pound baby, just like boom, stuck, not coming out. And so I'm like, okay, this is different. Normally my babies just fly right out. And so we're like waiting for the next contraction pushing. And essentially John, like we just had to use our God given power and intuition in that moment to where Josh kind of like slipped his hand in there and hooked his 
armpit, pulled one shoulder out and then pulled the other shoulder out and baby came out perfectly fine. Josh is not a doctor. He didn't know how to do that. Like instinct. instinct. It's just pure survival instinct. And it's not something that I say everyone should go do this. But if you do have that in you, you can listen to it, you know, and not be afraid. There are, I mean, like I said, we're designed to do it. And well, I, I think of I think of people having babies in cars because they didn't make it to the absolutely. hospital in time. I used to work for for Disney and we had lots of the bursts happening in the park (laughs) right so I always say if that happens that's like a huge blessing right because it just happens it's it just does and we're all made to survive babies too you know um so do you find do you find that most women who choose to do a natural birth or a a birthing center or maybe it, it is at home do you find that they tend to be more um aware? Uh, are they choosing that because they're much more aware of the risks of a hospital or they don't want to be put in a position of being forced or shamed to, to give their baby vaccines? Um, like, does there tend Absolutely. to be a common theme? Yes, that is, I feel like maybe it's a little bit different because of COVID, but generally that is exactly the person that's like, I just want to have choices or they're referred from a friend, right? Where they're like, I was told I needed a doula, you know, like, what do I need to know kind of thing? Um, but I have seen a shift in COVID. I think all of a sudden people are like, but I want my husband to be involved or I want to know that I'm going to have somebody in my room that's like constant. So it's not necessarily about all those other choices. They're not even like aware of that yet. It's more of just like, I need to have this constant person next to me. I don't know if they're going to let my husband in or not, or any, and it's interesting. And I know my friend who's a midwife, she had people flooding her to wanting to have a home birth. And it was kind of scary for her because it wasn't out of people necessarily determined to do a natural birth. They just were like afraid of the hospital, you know, right. they didn't know what was going to happen. And so she had to be really careful on the clients she took because you have to really get your mind right. If you're going to do a natural birth and especially doing it at home, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I think there's probably definitely like people, you know, obviously I'm noticing and we're hoping more and more people continue to question. And it really just starts with that initial question of, but what if, or, or maybe I'm not being told the whole truth, or maybe there's more to this or gosh, what if there's just another way? And that other way usually seems really scary. And we have those fears, but typically that's coming from a place of, we have really truly just been conditioned for so long that the medical system in general is designed to protect us and keep us safe when really in, in a lot of instances, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. And you know, the people who are waking up the most to really answer your question are younger generations. People might, what? That's encouraging. (laughs) It's really encouraging. Most of my clients that come are in their young twenties, not even 30 yet. And they're just more aware. There's like something on their radar where maybe they've seen the business of being born. Maybe it's social media or whatever. They're much more aware because when I was having a home, home birth, like it was a secret. I didn't tell anybody that I had a home birth. They'd think I was crazy. Now it's like everybody I know, I don't know if it's like 
South Orange County, people are not offended by it. People know it. there's such thing as a home birth. Um, but yeah, most of my clients are all younger and they're very like questioning everything. Yeah, I, think it, I think it does probably depend on where you live because obviously we know different parts of the country tend to lend itself to different general viewpoints on things. But definitely. Uh, okay, this, this is a fun question. I have to ask this because I always talk about this which is like, we actually do our own scientific experiments at home. Like we don't need, I don't need to read a double blind, so-called double blind, fake twisted made up study by the CDC or the FDA. Like I can literally see in my own children, one of my children are healthier because of what their path was, not only in the, the pregnancy, but the birthing process and then the stuff after, right? Right. So I'm curious if you see a difference in the health of babies that you have, maybe, maybe don't keep up with all of the families, but just like a difference in their health between what we would consider the standard level of care, which would be the traditional pregnancy, the traditional, and I say traditional because like really traditional is what, what we've been designed to do all along with, with little to no intervention but what the medical system wants, wants women to believe is safe and traditional. And then, and then the whole, you know, pump them full of vaccines the minute that they're born. So go ahead, Um, Jen, tell me what scientific experiment is. It couldn't be more clear. Okay. It is night and day, extremely obvious how different these children are even from the moment they come out. When I'm in the hospital, it's my favorite thing. When a woman has a baby naturally, which most of the time the nurses have never seen a natural childbirth, even in their training, they're there and they're like blown away. They're like, oh, I'm inspired. I've never seen this before, which I'm like, wait, you've been a nurse for one nurse, 30 years, never seen a natural childbirth. Okay. The, every single person walks into the room being like, oh my gosh, your baby's so alert. Your baby's so alert. How's your baby so alert? And they just keep commenting on it. And that's like right from the beginning, right? Babies come out, eyes wide open, awake, lifting their head up. They know how to find the breast. It's the craziest thing to see if they're breastfeeding to just latch. They don't have to like force it. And it's not this whole thing. So that happens immediately. But then also in just in all areas, as they grow into, you know, toddlers and I think most women that I work with feel pretty empowered to where if their baby gets sick, it's no big deal, right? For the most part. Um, remedies at home. And- yeah, and we, you have a community of people. You t- I get texts all the time with people where they're like sick babies, my clients. If I don't know the answer, I'll text someone who does. They're not rushing their kid to the hospital. They're not putting their kids on antibiotics the second they have an ear infection or any of that stuff. And what's amazing is that they're not getting ear infections. They're not getting crazy infections they're like oh my baby has a fever they do their thing and two days later their baby's fine right and it's exactly what it should be your baby should be getting sick and you should be treating your baby at home and they get better and then they get stronger Um, I don't ever see my clients constantly like going to the pediatrician and feeling like they have to just you know their baby's always sick or whatever it is I don't see it like at all, I'll even say, which is pretty bold, but it's 
it's very significant. I think it's a very true bold statement yeah. because uh, I mean, again, like we, it's right there in front of our eyes. We don't need yeah. to have some study done that is funded by big pharma anyways to say. I wish that. they would do a study on that though. I'm waiting for when they're going to do a study on kids that aren't vaccinated and how sick they are, you know? There, there, ha there has been one pretty good one, um, but we all know the reason why they don't because it would blow yeah. the lid off of the, all their lies. Right. So, yeah. I mean, but, it, but again, you know, just even we don't, we don't need that. Like we have really all the answers inside of us. We have all the tools at our yeah. fingertips and yes, there, there's going to be emergencies every once in a while, but exactly. that is, that is so rare and should be so rare and not the norm. If we're really walking in our power as women. Yeah. I had one baby who had RSV actually at gosh, like three weeks old, two and a half weeks old. Um, Josh and my, they're Irish twins. They both had cold. She was one and Josh were kind of sick. And then, so the baby got sick and it was like crazy ambulance, medical emergency. I had taken them to the pediatrician and they were like, oh, um, this was back when I actually used to do well checkups for my first two kids. <laughs> um that ended the things quick. that we don't the things that we don't yeah. do <laughs> right and I had a home birth I still was like I don't know you just go every three months and it was no big deal vaccines weren't such a big deal then like they weren't pressuring me it wasn't a thing yeah. um and so um he had RC the pediatrician said he was fine I had you know visited my grandfather in the emergency room and I was like something is wrong I just knew something intuitively was wrong so I took him to the emergency room and they like figured out it was RSV in like seconds and then I ended up signing a medical waiver to get out of the hospital because of how over the top they treated my child. It was traumatic. He still deals with it of yeah. like, they were deep suctioning him every two hours. I mean, he's just this like 17 day old baby turning purple and he has all kinds of scar tissue um, and his airways. And he, they've gotten stronger as he's gotten older. We've had to do a lot of work with him, but he's had the most issues with like gut health and all the things. And I even knew after being there for three days, they wanted me to stay there for like a week as if my child was going to die or something. And it was like, I had an empowered friend who was like, sign a medical waiver and go home and breastfeed your child at home without them coming in every 30 minutes with beeping. I was like, and so I had to explain that to them. And I had to have all these pediatricians come around me, tell me that I was not a good mom and all the things and thank oh. the Lord. Somehow I just knew to just not listen. And I was like, I just know if I take my baby home and feed him in my home, not with a child that has pneumonia right next to me and all these other things going around, he'll be okay. And yeah. so they were like, convinced me, you know, they're trying to give me like my own room and do all these different things. And I was just like, just give me the paper and let me sign it. And they had to let me go and everything was fine. And I knew that everything was going to be fine. Yeah. So even when you do go to the doctor sometimes and they give you a very extreme option, know then you also have choices, you know? Yep. And it's always seems like it's extreme because they, 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 I think it's think the worst. Yeah, I think it's a combination of how they've been taught and they've been taught through books written by big pharma. And, um, and I think, you know, there are probably some pediatricians or doctors out there that genuinely believe this propaganda, I'll call it, right? Yeah. And that's, we have to understand that at the end of the day, some people come from that place, but, but we also have the final say in everything. Right. right. Yeah, I love and that story. 
Right. And sometimes you need it. Like I said, it's not like I'm anti doctor, you know, if I needed it, I would be there. I would be there, but I would do my research and I would know if I really needed it, you know, just even taking that pause, teaching mothers to just pause and listen to their intuition and be willing to do a little digging. Right. I think people forgot that skill that they could actually, they don't have to be a doctor to understand how the body works. You know, (laughs) I love that you're saying that. Okay. Well, that brings me to kind of my last question here, which is what do you, what do you feel is like the way forward for this, for this industry of the business of birthing? And I mean, whatever you want to share on that, it could, you could go in any different rabbit trail direction that you want, but how would you like to, to leave people today listening? Oh, I'm like, how would I want it to go forward? Um, I wish more than anything that people knew that they had options. And if they were to choose a hospital, they would go in with the mindset that they are there to serve you and your baby and your family, and that you are in control and that it is okay to slow things down. You're not a pain in the butt because you want to delay a cord clamping because you don't want vitamin K or I goop and all that you, it is okay to delay all of those things and get home and pray about it and think about it before you make those decisions. There isn't a rush. Your baby is not going to die because they didn't get a vaccine or a vitamin K shot the second they were born. Right? So if anything, I think hospitals here specifically in orange County, that's becoming the more norm where they people go in with their little charts and they say like, don't cut the cord. Don't wash my baby. I used to always have to say, they're going to make you wash your baby, bring your own soap. That would be like always what I would say. Don't let them use the Johnson and Johnson. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like bring your own soap that you feel comfortable with. You have the right to do that. And people would get like so nervous. Right. And now it's like, they don't even wash the baby anymore. They do a full skin to skin for two hours. They called it like the golden two hours, where as long as everything's fine, they don't have to suction your baby the second they come out. Your baby knows how to do it because in a home birth, they don't do any of that. You would honestly, if you go to a hospital and you go to a home birth, you would be like, how are these babies surviving because of how hands off they are with a home birth compared to a hospital. They're like checking the boxes and midwives are just treating your baby like it's a real baby and is intelligent and knows what to do. And when they need to intervene, they will but they don't. You just have to look at the statistics of, of a midwife, right? Like their death rate, their like transfers, there's no NICU babies. Like, you know, it's so incredibly rare when you look at the statistics of home births versus hospital births. So if people would study what it's like to have a home birth, but maybe still feel nervous, take that into the hospital because you have the right and the power to do that. And yeah. it's okay. Even if you have a snotty nurse that maybe gives you a dirty look, it doesn't matter. This is your child. This is your child. I love yeah. that. It's just own it. Own yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. And it's becoming very more normal, at least knowing going in there, there's someone that's gone before you that have asked for those things. You're not completely alone, right. you know, which is a beautiful thing. So question everything. Yeah. Question everything. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just look at this way, 
this, this path forward for just everything happening with humanity right now. And I keep coming back to, well, two things is number one, there has been such a separation of faith. There's been mm-hmm. such a separation from God and what God has designed us to be as humanity. And, and regardless of somebody's religion, it has actually nothing to do with religion. It has right. everything to do with our relationship with, with Christ, right? And, and then that other piece of it is really just how we have lost our way in terms of finding our own power. Like, right. and I don't mean power in a way like I'm going to hurt you kind of power, but that peaceful Peaceful. It's almost like God's power. Yes. You know, yes. coming it's, through us. Yes, absolutely. It's trusting that there was a creator that created you correctly, you know, and that's powerful. It yeah. shouldn't, be, I mean, it should just be normal, but it's not. It's, it's crazy that it feels rebellious these days, <laughs> you know? The, the ways to be rebellious in 2020 and 2021 have lots of babies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At home. Make sure they don't go to government schools and for sure don't inject your child with anything. (laughs) Seriously, I know. Um, Okay, well, thank you, my friend. How can people people find you? Because I want them to be able to follow you and get all kinds of your good information. Um, Well, I have an Instagram. It's at fittogether.co. That's pretty much the best way. I don't have a website yet. I'm working on it. Um, I just found out because I'm such a rebel, I'm pregnant again with my fifth, not part part of the plan. So I feel like the doula stuff, I can educate, but I can't be as hands-on in the next, I'm, my last client's going to be in March. And then after that, I'll probably have to take a year off. Um, But I won't stop educating people. So that would be the place where you can find me. I love messages. You can ask me anything. Um, Don't ever hesitate to reach out. And I just love helping women, even if I can't be by your side during your actual birth, I can still help you along the way. So, well, and I'm sure you have plenty of resources and contacts to help you find. Um, And if you are in Orange County, California, then um, you definitely have to meet Jen and Josh Miller. Um, Like you you guys are having a, you have a CrossFit gym still, correct? Yeah. We ended up taking over. Yeah. Another one that also wasn't part of the plan, but it's been a year. Yeah here nice. in San Clemente. Yeah. A staple in San Clemente for sure. So yeah. congratulations. I can't wait to meet the new babe someday. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and just really, I think at the end of the day, helping, helping women to know that we always have options and that we are designed beautifully and yes. God, made, God made zero mistakes in how you can designed. trust it. You can trust it, put it to the test, all the things, you know? Yeah. Thank okay. you, friend. All right. You're we'll welcome. You soon. Okay. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book Autism Reimagined on Amazon, available both Audible, ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to the rule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power, not the government. See you next time.